Hey there, and welcome back to the second season of the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. We have some amazing interviews for you this spring. First of all, we talk about how to align with the seasons of the moon. We also touch in on maternal mental health and finding your purpose and passion inside and outside of motherhood. Remember to subscribe and send the podcast to your friend who might benefit from it. We all could use a little more empowerment these days. See you inside the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Whether Leah is helping adults heal their childhood through her abundant parent offerings, teaching anxiety and mindset workshops to corporate teams and first responders, or maximizing the impact mindset has on business success, you'll discover a common core. You have the power to master your mind and change your world. Listen into the conversation as Leah and I talk about exactly how to do that. Hello and welcome back. I'm Isabel Bridges and today Leah and I are talking about how we can refuel our energy from the inside out. So we have lots of ways that we can refuel ourselves by taking things in. Now, today, we're going to explore how can we have that energy be cultivated from the inside. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Leah, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Would you introduce yourself to our listeners? And also my beginning question for all my guests is what does empowerment mean to you? Sure. Well, I'm Leah Ricor. I am founder of The Abundant Parent and Vibe Social Marketing, um, all based in being resonant within yourself and authentic and bringing your best self forward so you can perpetuate that out into the world. Um, and one more time, your opening question. What does empowerment mean to you? What does empowerment mean to me? Um, I've really learned since my divorce is that empowerment comes from within. I'm not going to find it outside. It's going to come from me continuously honing my perceptions of control and releasing those perceptions of control. So really empowerment for me is, is mastering of self. Yeah. Mastering of self. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how can we do that? So let's, let's just talk about why it's important to have that mastery before we go into the techniques. Well, I think um, there's, there's a couple of things. First, I think we underestimate our how we respond in situations and the impact that that can have in the direction that things go. So I think it's really important to recognize that we do have power in the direction of, of how interactions can go with other people, um, not only in, in how our words are expressed and then absorbed by others, but also just in the invisible science of, of the invisible neuroscience and quantum physics and energy. So we have, we all have mirror neurons and these are neurons that both mirror and model to one another. And it's completely self-conscious. We may realize that it's happening when we start to feel those emotions bubbling up within us that we are responding to somebody else. 
But when we are in a really close, tight family unit with our kids and our spouses and our moms and dads and extended family, those mirror neurons can fire and trigger very quickly without any awareness because we have patterns of behaviors and responses. So just recognizing that that we are always impacting others and being impacted by others in ways that we can't even see. And, and the more that you can take responsibility for that and practice how you are firing off neurons, it's very powerful. So what are, what's a way that we can practice? Is it becoming aware first or do we actually do the work first? I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think awareness grows the more we do the work, but I do think that as far as like, which came first, the chicken or the egg, I do think that you do have to have that little glimpse of awareness, that, that self-reflection. Sometimes that means we've gone through something really big that jars us out of our comfort zones and and our existing patterns, sometimes toxic ones, uh, for us to realize that something needs to change and that we have that awareness and that ability to do it. Um, But I do think that the patterns are powerful, but it does take conscious effort. Um, but it's, it's again, it's like that little spark, that little, that little flame, the more you light it, the more it continues to light the way and the more it grows. Uh, and so if you're doing it right, you never, you never stop growing and you never stop coming into new awarenesses. Yeah. I, I am so appreciative of this conversation because I'm noticing that in my field, both within myself and then the people around me, there's a lot of um, overwhelm and burnout and this feeling of everything just feels so clunky and I don't have enough time to get all the stuff done and, 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 and a lot of um, excuses and victimization. Um, and again, this is me. I'm not saying I'm not pointing my finger at everyone else. So I'm aware I feel that I feel it in my body. I mostly feel it like in my chest and in my lower belly. So, and I'm very well resourced, but yet here we all are the end of the school year. Summer is upon us. And, and this is supposed to be this time of like spaciousness and freedom. And yet it just feels really overwhelm, overwhelming. So can you help? us? Can you help me? What are some practices that I can do to soften that? Yeah. I'm, and I'm in the same boat. I, I remind people on my platform all the time that the only reason I'm here teaching everyone all of these things is because I've been in a position where I just felt hopeless and overwhelmed and under-resourced. And I, and I was lucky enough to find people to help me find tools to help pull me through. So absolutely. I think most of us that are in this mindset realm and trying to help others, like we're still a little bit in that deep, dark pit of despair from time to time, and sometimes more times than others. Um, but I think the, I think the, the, some of the problems that we have in the mindset field is that we feel like it has to be like really big steps that, that there has to be this big designation of time to be able to move into better awarenesses or being able to manage our mindset. But, because of neural pathways and making grooves to better th- feeling thoughts and better control over our thoughts, it doesn't take it doesn't take long moments of practice. It just needs a lot of repeated practice. So if you can do something that's 
two, three, five minutes long, but you know that you can do it every day over the long haul, it's actually going to benefit you a lot more than if you're like, I really needed to do yoga for an hour. I really needed to meditate for 30 minutes. But if you can only do that once a week or once every couple of weeks, or man, when I really fall off the wagon, like maybe I'll hit yoga once a quarter, right? Yeah. It's, it's really not going to benefit you the same way those tiny practices can from time to time. So I find that if I'm really in a moment of overwhelm, the best thing that I can do for myself is breathing. Um, but I'm also a very physical person. Like I really thrive having physical contact and hugs and interactions with my family. So I find that by integrating the, the breathing with a form of physical contact of nurturing myself, it actually benefits me even better. And so when we're in yoga, we often talk about your heart center, which is like your, your breastplate and all the energy that you can feel there. But when I'm doing breathing exercises, I actually move my hands just slightly to the left, right over where your heart is. There's been all this um, research done with this organization called the Heart Math Institute. And they've discovered that your heart is actually sending you more messages to your brain than your brain actually sends to your heart. So it's an incredible resource and powerhouse within your body. And so I place my hands just over my heart and I squeeze back just a little bit like you would like hug your child when they're really tiny and just give that love to myself. And then as I'm breathing, I focus breathing my, my chest and the energy of my heart all in, back into my hands. So I'm hugging myself back through this little interaction. And I just take a nice, deep, slow breath as I'm, as I'm putting that pressure back into myself. And I do that two or three times. I'll breathe in one, two, three, and I'll just hold it at the top for a moment. And then I release it one, two, three. And really, just this little practice of maybe repeating that two, three times right before you pop into Target or right before you go pick your kids up from a play date or whatever might be going on. That just small moment of breathing into your hands, squeezing yourself, giving yourself that love and realizing that you have all the power in that moment to feel better, not only sets you up for realizing that you do have power when you're feeling overwhelmed and out of control, but that you have the tools at hand in two or three minutes to make it happen. So to bring this out of the head and into the body, would can we just pause and will you lead us through one of these? Just parts? the breathing? Yeah, would you? Absolutely. Okay, so, so if you're um, driving, dear listener, or, you know, need to be um, not doing this, just like listen to your own inner empowered queen and yeah. take care of yourself, right? <laughs> Otherwise, please join us. Yes. And I say if you're driving and um, you can even just place your hand on your heart, even if you're you're not following along as deeply, like you'll feel the energy of that contact with yourself. Um, So first, what I always love to do is to get more in my body. So I like to lift my hands straight up over like next to my ears. So like my arms are right next to my ears. And I'm trying to explain it in a way that people just listening can follow. But my hands are straight up in the air as high as I can make them. And then I kind of leave my my spine extended. And then I just drop my arms. And then I just kind of settle in and, and move back and forth and loosen up my hips so that I'm really allowing the core of my body to just feel at ease because we carry so much tension in our shoulders and our ears and our and our neck and our brow and like just everywhere in our body. So just that little motion of of bringing the tension in and then releasing it can be a, a great way to start. 
And then I just, I put my hands one over the other so that they're overlapping one another right over my heart. And I just sit there for a moment and I recognize the warmth of my hands on top of my chest, how I can hear my voice vibrating while I speak when I do that. And I can hear my breath as I'm taking that deep breath in and I can feel my chest expand as I'm breathing. And all the while, I'm just hugging myself back with my hands. And I'm going to take a nice deep breath. One, two, three, four. Hold it at the top. And release slowly. One, two, three, four. And I breathe in. One, two, three, four. Hold at the top. And release. Two three, four, and still pressing against yourself one more time. In, two, three, four, and hold at the top. One, two, and release. Two, three, four. And if you find it hard to find a rhythm when someone else is counting, like just just find your own rhythm. It doesn't have to be a count of three. It can be a count of five. Um, and just find that rhythm in that moment to just connect and maybe even saying some affirmations because sometimes we have, we struggle with worthiness. So it's okay for me to take this three minutes to just check in with myself and feel better. I'm worthy of having just two minutes to check in and give myself some love. And I love that you said doing this at a stoplight. Yeah. Just taking that however long a stoplight lasts and just breathing in and out with one hand on your heart. Yes. It doesn't, it really doesn't have to take long, but you know, you can imagine the power of taking time to do that every single day. I mean, I might even be speaking more slowly now that we took the time to do that exercise together. So if, if it can have that kind of impact in just two or three minutes, imagine being able to implement that every day, or maybe you do it, once at night, I have a tendency to do it right before I pick up my kids. So I'm really grounded and I'm giving those healthy, happy mirror neurons. Yeah. As we, as we t- start to talk about transitions, what I would normally do in those moments of transition was, would be pick up the phone, which is really the opposite, um, gives me the opposite experience of the breath. It, I'm, I'm really like, active in my in my head again and this really brings me down into my body and it helps my nervous system regulate right well and most of us we think that we have to have the same relationships with the people and organizations that we follow on social media that we have with the real people in our lives i might even argue like we do because we're not using good boundaries yeah with people. but what you what you follow on social media and the information that you absorb absolutely has an impact on your thoughts and your brain. And you have no control over what you're going to see on that next swipe. Could be somebody talking about a missing child or somebody talking about a forest fire or something that ends up really jarring you in that moment. So don't give your power away. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how can we use this in other um, points of transition? Well, I think predicting when you might need the support of self is really important. Um, 
I'm not saying that you have to have your week all planned out. Sometimes prediction can happen that, you know, in an hour, something else is going to happen and you're going to have a transition. When it comes to the, the school season ending, particularly, there's so much going on in that last few weeks of school, uh, particularly if your kids have anything extra, like they're graduating or anything else that might be happening. Um, it can be really hard to think ahead of what you might need in the weeks that school has officially ended or in the couple of weeks after when everyone's getting used to a new flow. So I'd say looking ahead and taking those quiet moments, it's more in the head, but um, taking quiet moments to predict where you might need the support mm. could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. So what, like, what's a moment that might not otherwise receive this self? What did you call it? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we'll call it. Well, my word for it is self-sistering. So okay. when we, when I come into my own self and say, sweetheart, what do you need? That's my, my word for that is self-sistering, the way I have a chosen sister might come in and say, sweet Isabel, what do you need in this moment? So this is my way of doing it for myself. So this is a form of self-sistering. We come to ourselves and we say, what's a moment of transition where I might be able to help myself through this breathing technique? Sure. Well, I know it's more and more common now for moms to be working full time. So I really struggle with the guilt of needing to give a hundred percent to work while my kids are at home and also give a hundred percent to my kids. And there can be a significant amount of time in those early, those early days and weeks that we're transitioning to summer where my kids need to acclimate to my availability, uh, in regard to my work schedule. And because I really arrange my life so that when my kids are out of school and we have the weekends that I'm, I'm designating as much focus on them as I can. And so that's a big jump for us when school is out. Um, I know that there's definitely been times where I tell my kids that when I'm feeling frustrated and I feel like I'm not keeping my cool, I definitely have told my kids, I need a timeout. Mom needs a timeout. And I will remove myself from the room. I'll go lay in my bed and I will do my EFT tapping or I will do my breathing exercises, or I'll put on a guided meditation, maybe with some binaural beats, and I'll breathe for a couple minutes, because I know I can feel the momentum. I can feel uh, that I'm getting carried away and that the emotions are becoming this tsunami, that once they get a certain way along, I'm not going to be able to pull back from that. So being able to catch myself before I'm over the top frustrated is really helpful. And my kids know like when I say mommy needs a timeout, I'm not kidding. Like this is serious business. Yeah. So I find that really helpful during these transition times of we're all still getting, getting to understand what each other needs now that school is out and there's different demands on our schedules. Um, my kids being bored can be really frustrating too with the transition of when they're at school, bless our teachers. They basically have cruise directors all day. Yeah. They're being shuffled from one activity to another. And then unless they're in camps or they have a lot of activities planned, they're, they're kind of looking to you to be their summer cruise director. Yeah. And so setting, setting expectations verbally with my kids, I find really helpful as we transition into summer. Um, that means my kids are a little bit older. They're, they're 10 and 13. So I'm sorry. So like, I'm trying to do the math in my head. I was like, are they still 10 and 13? No, they're like 11 and 14 now. <laughs> um, so 
I can have more adult, for lack of better words, adult, but still age appropriate conversations with them about this is my work schedule. These are, these are my office hours. These are my parenting hours. And, um, we talk about what are you going to need? So just like we were planning ahead on what we might need during transitions, I talked to my kids about what they might need, what kind of struggles they think might come up as they're feeling bored or unengaged with. Um, and so that open communication seems to help quite a bit. And in doing so, you're really teaching them executive functioning too. I, my kids are younger than yours, 12 and seven. And I do this with my seven year old son. I'll say, look outside. What do you, what weather do you think we're going to get today? Are we going to need a jacket and a hat or sunscreen layers maybe? And so it starts to get him thinking ahead, which is really a lifelong skill, just like this, the breathing can be a lifelong skill, like planning ahead and kind of knowing that transitions are coming. And so preparing for them, it's really important. Absolutely. And I feel when kids are allowed to observe and then make their own choices, they have a tendency to be more engaged with the outcome of what their decision was. So Instead of saying, this is what, this is what you should, here's a whole bunch of options of what you could do today. Or you could say, Hey, like, what, what do you think you might like to do today? And it, it's amazing how just that little shift in language and, and letting them have some creative input on what their day might look like can go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And then the flexibility too. So I, what I appreciate about this practice is momentum begets momentum too. So if I start building my own momentum with these practices, then even when the, you know, unexpected thing comes, I've already built momentum in a positive direction. So that's not going to push me over in the same way it might if I were already depleted. Right. And that's those, those neural pathways, right? So you'll find the more that you're practicing building these deeper grooves that these healthier thoughts are falling into the less um, impact the negativity has. It lives longer, or I'm sorry, it lives less time in mm. your experience and you recover faster. So if there is, you know, you can't avoid negative stuff happens. You can't, you can't avoid it, but you can, you can really be the master of how you respond to it and how quickly you recover from it. So it doesn't have to ruin your whole day or the whole week because you've developed the coping skills and the good neural pathways for, for moving through it. So I want to introduce you to someone, one of our listeners, many of our listeners, but we'll call her the one. She's going through something really hard right now. Maybe it's a transition. Maybe it's just a lingering depression. Um, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about a kitchen floor moment where she's just feeling like it's so hard. Can we talk to her directly right now? And there are varying degrees of her, right? But let's just give her some hope that it's not always going to be like this and a tangible thing that she can do in the moment that is real, that's not pie in the sky where she can get some relief. Yeah. I mean, I'm that woman too. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've talked separately about all the experiences I have with the family court system that have been ongoing for me the last 10 years. It's why I developed 
all of these tools and, and skills. I've had lots of time on the kitchen floor crying, wondering how I'm going to get through it, pounding my fists on the ground and screaming at God, asking him what his plan is because I can't figure it out. Um, there's been dark, dark days, uh, days that I didn't know how it was going to work out. But I do know that I've survived every single one of those days. And I know that the more I learn and the more tools I have, the easier those days feel and the more faith I have that I can get through them. Um, faith that feels bigger than me, uh, faith that there's bigger universal powers and a greater universal power of love that's guiding me. And that has been everything for me this last 10 years. Um, and the more that I've learned to love myself and give myself grace and care and those moments of breathing and hugging myself, the more that I can lean into trusting that life is working out because I truly believe that, that the universe is great and loving and, and that when we love ourselves, more love finds us and it opens up our capacity to love others. So I'd say, hold on to the love. Start with loving yourself better. Don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to give yourself hugs and grace. And don't forget that sometimes fear is just false evidence appearing real. And that the, 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 the immensity of the pain and the fear is mostly things that are not actually happening right now. We're just worried that they're going to be and that you're going to get through it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. So you were going to walk us through a little technique. Um, and I'm so curious because I don't think I know this one. And I'm really excited to, to learn more. Yeah. On my, on my journey, I've met a lot of really amazing healers. I'm sure you've discovered too that there's so many healing modalities out there. So many, so many. <laughs> um, and so I was first introduced to EFT tapping by uh, an energy worker that was helping me through a lot of the grief and pain I was feeling going through the family court system. And that really opened me up to learning a lot more about neuroscience and um, the stimulation that we can provide the body and the brain for healing. So along that way, um, I met a man named Ben Manalo who practices um, body talk, which is a, a particular healing modality where you are um, resting your hand on different places on your head while tapping your three brains, which is your actual um, forehead, which is your brain brain, and then your heart, which is your considered another source of energy in another brain, and then your stomach, which um, we're learning so much about uh, our gut health and how that impacts our mental health. So we're starting to, to see a lot more of um, studies and evidence about about your your gut health and how that impacts your brain. Um, and so it's called brain balancing courtesies. The reason I lean into this one and teach this one on things like podcasts is because it's so much easier to remember than TFT and EFT tapping. And so it's something that all of your listeners will be able to remember and be able to take away with that, with them without needing to follow along with a video or have a script or need to try to remember where they're touching points on their, their pinkies. Um, and so it's, it's just so much easier to do. And another reason I teach it is because my youngest daughter really, um, really resonated with it. She was able to learn it really easily. 
And then when her friends were having separation anxiety in their kindergarten classes or just having rough days, she would go take them to the quiet room and she would teach them brain balancing courtesies and help them learn how to recenter themselves. And it was so beautiful watching how easily they could all pick it up and make themselves feel better that I knew that there's so many of us, our inner children, like ourselves that really need a tool that's so easy to be able to follow through with and not feel like it's hard to access. So that's what I'm going to teach you guys today. Okay, great. And we'll have um, in the notes, uh, the website where you can reference this as well. Yes, yes. So um, first, I want you to think about your hand being like a flat pad. And as we go through this exercise, you're going to rest first rest your hand on the back of your head all the way down at the bottom, um, where your neck connects with your skull. And when you're resting your hand there, it's going across horizontally. And then as we go through this practice, I'm going to ask you to move your hand up your head. And what when I say that, what I want you to do is feel where your pinky is. And then I want you to put your thumb where your pinky is. And that's going to be the next position for your hand. So, and then we're going to repeat that over and over again and moving your hand over your, your head until eventually your pinky is resting right above where your eyebrows are. Um, and so over the course of the exercise, your hand will be moving in a, as a flat panel all the way from the back of your head to the front of your head. While we're doing those different positions, you're going to be tapping on your three brains. So you're going to take two fingers. So it's brain balancing courtesy. So you're balancing both sides of the brain. You're going to take two fingers and you're going to tap them on your forehead, kind of right above your eyebrows. So you're tapping both sides of your your head with your, your fingers. And then for the other two points, I just kind of like to make a bear claw with my hand. So I'm actually tapping with all of my fingertips right on my sternum. And then lastly, I'm taking all of the that bear claw and I'm tapping on my stomach. And you're not tapping hard, just enough to kind of stimulate. And we're going to repeat that. Now, the very last motion that we're going to do on our head is you're actually going to place your hands on either side of your head. And I'll talk you through this as we're doing it. But either side of your head. So your thumb is basically right over the top of the top of your ear, resting on the top of your ear. And you're going to hold your hands up on both sides of your head. And then I'll have you release one hand to tap. And then put in between, we'll be putting our hands back on either side of our head. Do you think that would make sense for folks who aren't watching? Uh, I do. We have very okay. smart listeners. I okay. Sure All right. <laughs> All right. So first, I want you to do that first motion where you're putting your hand on the very back of your head where your neck connects. You're basically going to put your thumb right where your head connects to your neck. And you're just going to rest your hand there. I want you to take a nice deep breath. And I want you to keep taking nice, deep, slow breaths while you take your two fingers and you tap on your forehead. Just take two or three breaths while you're tapping on your forehead. Now, while you're doing that, I want you to think about why, where you are holding your anxiety, where you're holding your tension, where you're holding your grief. I want you to feel where you're feeling all of these things in your body. Maybe it's your chest. Maybe it's an old injury that you got on your body and you're feeling it there. Maybe where you're feeling it is on your head or in your chest or in your stomach. And I want you to visualize and send all of your thoughts and love to that place in your body while you're doing this. You're going to take a few more breaths and tap on your chest using that bear claw. And the same, I want you to think about where you're feeling your emotional duress in your body and focus all of your attention and love and grace into that spot on your body. All the while you're breathing, 
in and out, nice and slow. And tapping your stomach, thinking about where you're feeling that angst and that emotional discomfort in your body and sending all of this loving energy there. And if you're really good at visualizing, you can actually visualize those emotions living your body as as dust or light or energy and just liberating your body from those feelings. All right. Now we're going to move that hand on your head so that your thumb is where your pinky is now. So you're moving your hand up the back of your head. And we're going to do the same. We're going to tap our forehead. We're going to take nice, slow, deep breaths while we focus on our discomfort in our body and giving it love and releasing it. Move to the bear claw tapping on your chest. Really focusing on where you're feeling that discomfort. Maybe it's heartache. Maybe it's overwhelm. And just giving it love and releasing it while you tap. And then more deep breaths as you move to tap in your stomach. Just releasing the tension in your body, breathing those breaths right into where you're feeling it all. Now we're going to move the hand again. So you're going to put your thumb where your pinky is and moving your hand up the back of your head. You're going to tap your forehead again, making sure that you're tapping on both sides of the brain. And taking nice, slow, deep breaths as they're comfortable for you. And just focusing on relaxing that tension in your body through those breaths. And focusing on releasing that tension and watching it just evaporate. Maybe the light is sending it away. Maybe it's just kind of falling apart and falling away from your body. Tapping on your chest and breathing. Just giving love and grace to all those feelings that you're having, honoring that they're there to protect you, but that it's okay to let them go. And just visualizing it leaving your body and tapping your stomach, a few deep breaths there. All right. And now we're going to move your hand up one more so that your pinky, where your pinky is, your thumb goes. You're going to tap your forehead. Take another couple deep breaths. And bear claw tapping on your chest. And tapping bear claw on your stomach. And we're going to move your hand one more time so that your pinky goes kind of right over the top where your eyebrows are. And then this time when we tap, you're going to tap right on top of your hand since it's covering your forehead. 
And just take nice, deep, slow breaths. Breathing into where you're feeling the discomfort, visualizing it melting away. Maybe it's being blown away through all the good vibes. Tapping on your chest with your bare claw. And breathing. And your stomach. Okay, for this last one, you put your hands over both sides of your head. So your thumbs are kind of resting on the tops of your ears. Just take a moment here to recognize how good it feels to have both your hands on either side of your head. And just releasing one hand, leaving the other one on your head, tap your forehead with your two fingers and breathe. Nice, slow, deep breaths. And replace your hand back on the side of your head. Take a nice deep breath. And then release your hand and tap on your chest and breathe. And replace your hand on the side of your head and breathe. And then releasing and tapping on your stomach with the one hand. And replacing your hand on the side of your head. And take a nice deep breath. And then dropping your hands and just feeling the tingling in your body and the relaxation that you get to enjoy. And you might even feel those places in tension might be a lot lighter or gone completely. Mm. Run back into your chaos circus. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you got that moment. Yeah. Yeah. As you get into a groove of tapping within, you'll find it might go quicker because you're able to feel that relaxation faster. Mm. Yeah. Building that momentum. Yes. Yes. And then you also have another, um, a recording that you did around another tapping practice. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? And then we'll have the link to that in the show notes. Sure. So I, um, I actually teach workshops on anxiety and I've taught them a lot to first responders and, and military veterans, um, as well as domestic violence survivors. And so in the, the recording, there's EFT tapping, which is actually becoming quite well known. It's really effective. If I've already spiraled into a place where I'm already having an anxiety attack, the EFT tapping is really powerful. Um, and then there's a shorter form called TFT tapping. So EFT is emotional freedom technique. Um, TFT is thought field therapy. They have some overlap, some similarities. The TFT uh, can be a little bit quicker if you're short on time. And then in the workshop, we also talk about other things that you can you can do to manage your mindset, help be a little bit more of a aware of your triggers. We talked a little bit about triggers in the workshop and how to kind of predict and uh, de-escalate those. Um, so as part of this podcast, uh, you have access to that, that full recording. And as always, if you have questions, please feel free to ask them publicly. You'd be surprised how many 
people could benefit from hearing the questions and answers that you ask. But if it's too personal, it's too hard. Please always feel like you can reach out. Yeah. And where can um, our listeners find you on social media as well as your website? Sure. So I'm, my platform is The Abundant Parent. I'm kind of everywhere, but I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then I also have Vibe Social Marketing, which is a vibrational marketing company. Uh, and we are Vibe Social Marketing on Facebook and Instagram and some other places too. But um, with marketing for a bunch of other people, I find I'm really honed down where I, where I myself am found. <laughs> So beautiful. Also, just a reminder to our listeners that inside of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood, we are really looking at all of the many ways that we can refuel our energy. And so these techniques are inside of there as well. You can find them. Thank you, Leah. Okay, I want to ask you my final question, which is what is the next empowering action that you'd like to invite our listeners to take? Oh my gosh, I think it's just the next step, yeah. the most empowering action you can always take is the next step toward doing better within your capacity. So maybe it's just deciding as soon as you get off this podcast, you're going to do that heart breathing again. Um, and then just reminding yourself to do it as often as possible. Just that the, the next step, the very simplest thing that you can step into doing better is a great place to start. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm going to definitely choose my next step as soon as we say goodbye. So everyone, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate you. Go take your next step. Until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.